I've worked a ransomware uh, incident where they, you know, encrypted everybody. And you call the number that's on there, and it was a call center. I mean, it was like talking to an IT help desk. going on guys welcome back to the ceo hot seat today we got two special guests eric hester and michelle gimme with umbrella technology group how you got how you guys doing today great man fantastic we're glad to have you so tell us a little bit about what umbrella technology is well there's what it is and what it's been i guess it's been interesting uh started it in april of 2020 so you can imagine uh how that went uh my uh Initial idea uh, was obviously to bring technology services, since the name, to small businesses. Yeah. So my background is more on the larger uh, enterprise side. So, you know, I started in the 90s, uh, built one of the first internet providers in uh, South Carolina that kind of grew up into what is now Windstream. Um, and that's where I met Michelle, was at Nuvox at the time. And so that was one of the first... Uh, competitive telephone companies. Um, so I was in my twenties, learned a lot. I uh, got a lot of opportunity there. Um, like we, I'm sure we'll talk about a lot of opportunity to fail and learn from yeah. that. And uh, kind of kept doing that. Uh, worked for places like Bank of America and Wells Fargo doing uh, work with a vendor uh, for security and voice over IP and things like that. So the idea was to take all that stuff I'd done and try to bring it to small business, which don't usually get access to um, that level of experience. And uh, if they do, it's usually very expensive, so yeah. they just can't do it. But as I said, you know, when COVID hit, not really the time to start a business. It takes a lot of face-to-face and uh, really hard to get meetings. Um, so we kind of uh, pivoted a little bit. We did uh, who was in business still and who came back, which was like dentist. Um, churches became another one because churches really started using technology in a way they hadn't before, um, which is a really good example because we want we want to help people like that that are doing something with technology that you know is really involved in the community and, and making a difference. So um, was never really the intent, but that's kind of how it's gone with every business I've had. Sure. You know, it's close to what I started and what I wanted to do, but you know, you go where the businesses and how the idea kind of morphs as you get going yeah, so sure. um what are some of the services that you offer so uh primarily during the the last few years it's been you know small business it okay so we come in and uh the the big differentiator is it's not like we come in and say here's the umbrella way you're going to change out all your computers we're going to do this whatever it's more hey what are your problems what are the challenges you're having and how can we we help you and so that may not be, you know, just working on their computers. It may be, you know, doing access control on their doors and cameras. It may be uh, helping them get their Wi-Fi working better everywhere. It may be getting their printers working and stuff like that more often than not. Um, kind of the way I approach it is tell me the things that, you know, make you call your computer a piece of crap yeah. every day. So setting know? up networks and running yep. low-volt wires yep. and stuff. Yeah, anything really cool. related to technology. So we're doing mostly commercial work? Yeah, no residential. That's what I was going to ask about, like, COVID, starting a business right when most businesses are 
getting away from commercials. Right. Because, uh, well, that know, was yeah, that was mortar. the challenge. Is obviously you know everything I was doing was based around an office and yeah things there. So then I considered you know kind of figuring out how to do work from home, but you know the reality is that's not my experience. So I mean you can pivot, but don't pivot to something you're not good at. Yeah, you know? sure. Yeah. So it's not that I couldn't have figured it out, but you know I would have had real no real really not any differentiator from someone else doing that who's been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. So I tried to, like I said, just find people that didn't go home. Um, and even, like I said, with churches, use technology more than they used to. Mm -hmm. um, and that's been pretty successful. And so what I'm changing it into now, though, based on all of that, is really a focus around, um, you know, everybody generally calls it cybersecurity, but I'm kind of changing it more to just risk management in general. Right. And I think that's what from the time I've been doing this the last three years I've seen is businesses don't do a very good job of that, of like figuring out, really sitting down and saying, what are the risks to my business? And they could be technology or not. Um, a lot of times it's things like, you know, talk to you before, Chris, about processes and really just having things documented and being able to scale because it's not the Chris show or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, and that applies a lot to technology because if, if you don't have processes and you don't have really what your risks are figured out, you're not going to apply technology properly. You're just going to buy a bunch of stuff and it may help you. It may not. And not use it to its full capacity. Right. So well. yeah. that's really what I'm kind of you know morphing into more is doing assessments of people's business with a, you know, obviously a focus on technology, but not just, you know, a technology audit. It's really, are you running your business efficiently and where are you not running it efficiently and where do you have big risk gaps? And then, then how can we apply technology to fix that? Um, because a huge number of problems that people think are technology end up being people and process, mm -hmm. right? I mean, you may be trying to apply technology somewhere. You shouldn't even be applying it. You just need yeah. to, you just need to write down what you're doing and get everybody on the same page doing it. You know, they don't need to be inefficient and going to use a, program to do something if it's just follow these 10 steps every time sure. you know so one of the things uh that's proven to be really helpful is just to sit down with somebody and you can even do this pre-sales and i think this would apply to a lot of businesses really is instead of trying to say here's what we do and just spill out here's our services it always works better to ask people and talk to people and make it their idea right so we do a, a risk assessment, which is just a little spreadsheet that says, what is the risk? How likely is it it's going to happen? How big a deal would it be if it happened? Then how easy is it to fix? I seed that with like three or four things that I have anecdotes about that I can talk about that I know everybody has. And that gets them talking. And then they'll spill out, you know, 20 problems they have that I have solutions for. Sure. Right. So if you make it their idea, you're not selling to them anymore. So that's why... I don't really like answering the question of what are your products? Sure. My response is, well, what are your problems? You know, and I think that's a much better way to approach it. Um, it's a much more interactive sales process. It's not something you can, you know, cold call around and do. And Michelle, what do you do at um, Umbrella Technology? What is your title? Um, I am the Hester Wrangler. The Hester Wrangler. <laughs> mm -hmm. keep, keep the ideas. Uh, he's got keep all the great toes. ideas, and he has got this huge technological nerd brain. <laughs> yeah. And I have to rein it in pretty yes. much. Yeah. I, I keep it in track and Absolutely. organized and make sure he's where he needs to be. Nice. 
but I do all the back offices, some the operations over operations. How is it transitioning from like a corporate job to small business? Um, it's been a change. Yeah. Yeah. For the I good mean, or for the bad or what? Um, it's different. Yeah. Um, because going from a corporate, large corporate, uh, company, there's a lot of processes and everything in place yeah. and it's a lot more organized going into a brand new small business and trying to create all of that has been different because yeah. we're having to build it all from scratch. So yeah, it's sure. kind of go with the flow and change when you need to change. It's got to be a lot more rewarding, though, right? Oh, like yeah. Once, once you do complete something, you figure something out, it's yeah. got to be a lot more rewarding. It, it absolutely is because, you know, Eric and I consider this our little baby, and this is our family. Yeah, And um, that's how we want our clients to feel. It's like we're part of your family. For we sure. Wanna, we want to come in and be part of your family. We want to sit with you. We want to be a part. We want everybody to know who we are. And that's one of the things we do different from other MSPs out there is, you know, we actually go on site and sit there with our clients. We have a designated day that we go out and say, hey, we're in conference room A. If you need us, come by just so we can fit in and feel like we're part of their team. Nice. Go over their yeah. assessment. And right. Yeah. Well, again, Absolutely. I mean, this is after the fact, you know, after they've been our customer for a while, what generally happens, and this happens with a lot of recurring service businesses, you do a lot up front and then you move on to the next customer and do a mm -hmm. lot up front and you're then in reactive mode waiting for them to call you. Mm -hmm. And it's just human nature. People don't call you when they should. Mm -hmm. And then things fester and build up into, they've got 20 things. And now they're back to where they don't like their, technology they don't like what you're providing them and you don't even know it so um we've always had the philosophy of we're, we've told them we're just going to pop in well we've structured that even more now where it's not we're just not going to just pop in you're going to know we're there you know every other tuesday or, or whatever the case is and like she said we'll be in this conference room y'all come by and see us and if you don't show up we're going to come over and see you that's awesome you know i think yeah. that goes missed a lot uh, and like in my business i know that like a lot of uh, renovation guys always go from one job to the next mm -hmm. and then i started implementing warranty calls so that i know like every six months or every year i would go back to that person's house right. and do just a touch-up and i wouldn't even argue with them what's warrantable or not because i knew that i'd get more business from that Absolutely. because nine times out of ten they're like well while you guys are here can you take a look at that other thing that i was looking at because if not if like your if your business isn't on the top of their mind right. they just throw that recommendation on or the referral on facebook and say hey i'm looking for somebody and right. it's like I do that too. Why didn't you call me? Yeah. You know? But they just didn't think about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think being present with your customers is huge. Yeah. And it's, I don't think people intentionally, you know, do it. It's just you're busy and, and yeah. everyone always thinks the new customer is what you're, you know, is most important and you're trying to get. That's how you build your business. But sure, existing you've got this big yeah. pool of, potential revenue sitting there of people who already know what you can do he's capitalized yeah. on it just yeah. the, the, the referrals and the five-star reviews i mean just getting yeah. that many people to kind of build your brand for you is huge right you know? absolutely well yes any service business i mean you 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 you've got to do marketing and you've got to spend time but referrals and word of mouth and you know a friend telling somebody that you should use this company is way more powerful than anything else yeah and knowing how to ask for referrals right so like if we do a great job then how do we ask that customer we just did a great right. job for hey do you know anybody moving for mm -hmm. our for our case so or even for the review. we're really capitalizing on how do we ask and when do we ask and how often we ask right right one of the 
things that I was going to ask is um, anytime you change over any type of technology with a new business, it's extremely difficult to implement. It's not quick. Like you mentioned, a lot of these big corporations have that process already built in, Mm -hmm. but now a lot of these small businesses are trying to learn a new process and that is usually a nightmare. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure you guys have a better way of helping them through that and setting the expectation in the beginning. Yeah, anytime we do any kind of implementation or migration or anything like that, we usually do um, lunch and learns, right? So we'll bring in lunch and, you know, because if you just say we're going to do training or you got a new process or everybody glosses over yeah, it, yeah. anything to do with it. But if you, uh, put, you, food, bring food. you put food in the mix, everybody <laughs> shows up yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, you can make it less um, intimidating. For sure. You know, and, and kind of talk through it. So, yeah, training is a huge part of what we have to do. And it's not always, you know, formal style. A lot of times, um, again, we're trying to figure out how people work. So usually what we're doing is implementing a process that we've already talked about. Um, so it's not as foreign to them. Um, but yeah, I mean, the people part of it is huge. And again, that's why these, when we pop in, sometimes that's what it is, is we'll talk about something topical, that's going on, like a security threat that's been happening. For instance, there's one that's been going on at churches uh, where someone will social engineer the front desk person and say, I'm elder so-and-so, because they went to the webpage and got a list of the elders and said, I'm elder so-and-so, I just need a church directory, a member directory. I'm working on a project with a senior pastor, and you know, who would think of anything's wrong with that? So they send them a directory, and then they SMS spam all the members in the church hmm. saying they're the senior pastor and you need to go get gift cards for a donation. And then they scrape all the cards. So, you know, oh, we've been wow. trying to do, you know, just pop in and say, Hey, this is happening, you know, and we worked with uh, one of the denomination organizations and, and did a blog post that they sent out to all of their uh, churches, member churches, you know, just kind of explaining a simple concept of trust, but verify. Right. And so we can take something complicated and say, you don't have to worry about all the ways they're going to do it and everything else. Just you're a church. I know you want to be helpful and trust everybody. But if somebody is who they say they are, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, can I call you back at the number I have on file for you? Or something. let me pop down the hall and talk to the senior pastor and make sure he's cool with this. You know, that's, that shouldn't be insulting to somebody who is who they say they are. But sure. if they're not, they're going to hang up. True. You know? yeah. So trying to boil things down to more simple solutions is huge i think you know how how prevalent is like cybersecurity threats right now like to a small business uh it's massive honestly um are you all seeing any cases or yeah i mean it's it's the most common things um by far are the phishing attempts where people are, are getting uh credentials to you know Depends what they get, but, you know, there's a lot of cases of people scraping money out of bank accounts. Um, There's a lot of the uh, impersonation attempts where they say, hey, you know, like somebody would be uh, at Swamp Rabbit would say, hey, it's Chris. You know, I'm in Chicago up at uh, another moving company. You know, I just worked out something with them. I need 10 grand, you know, sent to this account for this agreement we just did. You know, if they're good at it, yeah. They'll, they'll have read your emails before because they've logged in. They'll they'll sound like you. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're quick fire and just send one sentence to do something like that, that's how they do it. If you're a kind of person that writes 
two pages to get something like that done. That's what they'll do. Will they even use poor grammar and bad spelling? Yeah, they'll do what they'll yeah. do. What, <laughs> they got me now. Yeah, they'll, they'll do. <laughs> they'll do whatever. You know, they'll do whatever you normally do. You know, if you're a real yeah. formal writer, they'll do it that way. Some of them don't even have to, though. I was just dealing with uh, UPS on Friday, like the stores, mm-hmm. and I called to say, hey, can you check my mailbox, let our admin take the mail, and give her a key. They never asked for anything. Yep. So they let this girl randomly take my stuff. They never asked who I was. Until well, that, I, you know, and they card on file everything. That, so I mean, like, if there's one takeaway as far as, like, if we're actually going to give some advice for cybersecurity, it's the trust but verify right yeah yeah because it's human nature to trust if you're confident i mean the number one thing with social engineering is act like you're supposed to be there and people will think you're supposed to be there sure yeah right so if you call in confidently and you know the person's name you know you know you're you're cordial with them it's it's just human nature just to accept it and roll with it they got a million things to do they don't care if someone gets your mail i mean when it comes yeah, down yeah. to it especially if they've never dealt with you too much personally yeah, they, they, i mean really but know. i mean the bottom line is you you're one of 100 people that have called them today yeah and they just want to get on to the next thing so <laughs> if you don't create any friction there's not going to be any friction people are way easier to hack than technology yeah yeah All that's right. what i was about to say it's like you know a lot of people, when you say cybersecurity, they're thinking we're co- they're coming in and they're hacking our computers and they're getting our bank accounts. That's not normally how a small business gets hacked. It's somebody walking in or somebody calling on the phone and oh. getting information. Yeah, I mean, they're also going to go after the business owners, too, because they know you're typically a high wealth individual then you know i mean they're gonna look at your company if your company's successful they're gonna know you're successful mm-hmm. i got right, nothing no, yeah well Chicken nuggets know, we'll the get freezer. there we'll get yeah, there and, and you hear all, all all the time on the news about all these large corporations getting hat like target or even yeah the the pipeline a few years ago oh yeah but small businesses are more likely to be hacked than one of those larger corporations because the corporations have the security assessments in place yeah you know small businesses usually don't so sure. they're going to go for 10 15 different small businesses and get the same amount of money from the small businesses than they would a corporation and it's 10 times easier that makes, makes sense, sense. following the IRS. They, they can they can audit i mean automate attacking 100 people you know with emails yeah and get much more return because if you think about it like at a large corporation there's not anybody you can call like one person that has access to their bank account sure you know you can't yeah. just like say hey i need, I need you your, to trend like there's just not those people number, that you're going to get access to but if you're a five person company you, the person answers the phone probably has access to the bank account yeah right so that makes sense somebody know, out there is listening and learning right these now. don't make the news right i mean yeah, yeah. somebody's still in somebody's still in 20 grand from a small business that doesn't make the news no. sure. and it yeah. happens all the time so you know it, it's and you know people are embarrassed they don't want to tell people what happened and everything else because i get that all the time that people well, it hurt, say it hurts your business yeah i don't yeah. know anybody that it's happened to well i mean your neighbor's not going to tell you that they messed up yeah, and makes lost sense. 20 grand i mean that's uh, not going to happen so Yes, it's pretty prevalent is the short answer, um, and it's it's only getting worse because it's only getting easier. The, the skills of a hacker aren't just a nerd sitting in a basement anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, yep. it's it's a business, and especially like in Eastern Europe. I mean, they have call centers. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy. I've worked a ransomware uh, incident where they, you know, encrypted everybody, and you call the number that's on there, and it was a call center. I mean, it was like talking to an IT help desk. And they basically, this person paid, 
when they paid. They sent them emails with here's how to fix everything. And they even sent them an email at the end that said, this is how you can keep this from happening again. Oh, wow. It was, I mean, it was the weirdest experience I've ever had in my life that it was like, is there anything else I can do for you today? Yeah. You well, know, so, I mean, you this, gotta, you this gotta, is a real business. Yeah. You got two minutes at the end of the call for a survey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it really helped me out. <laughs>